if I was still that person, I would not be doing any of the things that I'm doing today. Like now I lead retreats and I literally film myself working out and post it on the internet for people to watch when, you know, five, six years ago, I didn't even want someone to take a picture of me. And it just shows the beauty of how God is able to redeem the things that hurt us the most and use them to help others the most. Um, And that's definitely been my story. But I think for a lot of people, they're so held back by their insecurity, but I just wish I had realized that. And I had been able to start fighting sooner to live out what God was calling me to and not keep myself in this small bubble. Hi guys, it's Jisoo. Welcome back to the Head to Toe podcast. For those of you that don't know me, I'm an aspiring doctor passionate about holistically healing the mind, body, and spirit through lifestyle changes and sharing all the health and wellness information that has changed my life. That was my incredible conversation with Denica, a certified yoga teacher, life coach, and founder of Stand Unshaken, a Christian wellness platform and app committed to helping women become the best versions of themselves. For some background context, Denica started sharing Christian yoga videos on Instagram and YouTube to help other people learn to connect with God and love their bodies through the practice of yoga. What started as a casual hobby has now grown into a full-time business, impacting hundreds of women every single year. In today's episode, Denica shares how she was able to shift from her unhealthy relationship with movement to honoring and respecting herself, how faith-based yoga transformed her perspective on health and wellness, and so much more. Denica and I have something amazing for you guys, but you'll have to wait to the very end to find out what it is. Your support truly means the world to me, and I'm so grateful for every single one of you. I hope you enjoy this episode, and let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome back to the Head to Toe podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Denica. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. It's just kind of crazy how we met because we don't know each other personally, but our good friend Monica basically created a group text for us to connect because she knew that we were very passionate about very similar things. And I know you are in this health and wellness space and really creating a platform where you inspire other women to be the best versions of themselves. But just having a glimpse of your story, I know that it didn't start that way. And you've had a very long journey to getting to the point that you're at now. I would love if you kind of took us on your journey and kind of just shared how your process has been in coming to the place that you're at now. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that Monica introduced us because it's just so cool when you get into that space and you start meeting like-minded people, how many other people you get to connect with. And that has definitely been such a key part of my whole journey as an individual, but also in business of just getting to connect with like incredible women and how that's really helped me build um, the platform that I have today. So that's why I'm so passionate about connecting with other people. But yeah, so I, um, there's like, so much to share, but I grew up in Colorado and loved living there. It's such an amazing place, a very active place. So I grew up being very active, spending a lot of time outdoors. And then my mom is also a fitness instructor. So grew up very much surrounded by like nutrition and exercise and all of that, which in a lot of ways was a gift, but in also a lot of ways was definitely a challenge because you know, many women and like young girls struggle with body image, especially in, I think those later 
high school years. That's really where it started for me. And it was sort of like the curse of knowledge where I knew so much about nutrition and health that when I was experiencing weight gain through puberty, but also through health issues, I just tried to become really controlling and locked down in on all of the health things that I had learned about growing up. And it created this very unhealthy mentality. So a big part of my story is that when I was about 17 years old, I started gaining weight kind of out of nowhere and originally was like, okay, I just have to be a bit healthier and, you know, do these things that I've learned, eat better, exercise more, all of that. But mm-hmm. over the course of about three or four years, the health issues just kind of started building one on top of the other. And I was like bloated all the time, feeling constantly sick. I had no energy at all. And it did not matter like what I ate or what I did. I was just really, really struggling to feel good every day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it then, but looking back, I can see how much that was affecting not just my health, but also the way I perceived myself. Um, Mm-hmm. especially in the way that I would choose to show up in the world, which is why I'm so passionate about this connection between health and identity, because I think yeah. that's what a lot of people struggle with is our health issues, especially as women, when there's so much pressure around our body image and what we look like. And that is like an indication of our value that can really affect the way that we value and perceive ourselves. So again, I didn't see that as much in that time, but it was yeah. really starting to wear on me this, this thought of like, I don't have enough value because I can't lose weight and I can't look a certain way and all of those things. So sorry to interrupt, but especially during that critical period when you were 17 and growing up and navigating your body image and also navigating who you are and your identity. And so much of that time period, you're, you're kind of very conscious about what other people say and really trying to figure out what is the truth and what is not. And so it's extremely difficult to go through a health issue during a very critical and transformative period of your life. Absolutely. And one thing that made it really difficult was I went to probably 30 different doctors and they all basically said, it's, it's just in your head. You just need to exercise more and eat less, which when you're someone who's already struggling to do those things, you know, in excess, that's a really Mm -hmm. unhealthy thing to hear. So a lot of the outside things that I was hearing were just, you know, that cultural social thing of lose weight and, you know, do this, but then also doctors literally telling me, you probably just need to exercise more. Um, or you need to eat less or whatever it is, or this is just how your body is going to be. And to kind of layer onto that even more, I was also training and working as a dancer at the time where it was really the worst. So I was living in New York. I was dancing like eight to 10 hours a day and then going to the gym. And I was surrounded by a lot of people who had these incredible body types. And I was like, why can I not look like that when I'm doing so much to try and be healthy? And just that comparison um, alongside with feeling like my body was just not working with me definitely led to a lot of unhealthy mentalities, again, around my health, but also around my worth and how I would show up in friendships and just in my life in general. So that was a really heavy period. And I still at that point didn't know that I actually was sick and had a health issue going on. I thought it was just my fault or that my body was wrong. Mm -hmm. So once I was diagnosed, I was able to start figuring out like a healing protocol and really quickly saw results from that and was able to start feeling better. And then over time lost weight. And it was kind of, as I came out of that, that I realized, whoa, like that was affecting me so much more than just my health. And that there was still a lot of work to be done on my mindsets around my value And like, again, just how I was spending my days. Um, And so that's, I feel like when the real work started was post-diagnosis and um, Mm post-healing of my body was really having to work on healing my mindset 
and my routines and how I viewed myself. And so that's a lot of what I focus on with my work at Stand Unshaken is that duality of, yes, we have to work out and make healthy choices, but true health goes so much deeper. And a lot of that for me and what I teach is having an identity that's rooted in something more than your appearance and more than your health, um, you know, rooted in your identity in Christ and what that really means and what it looks like to live that out in a practical way. So that was what I spent, you know, the, the few years after being diagnosed, really focusing on was what does it mean to be a child of God? How does that impact the way that I'm going to show up in the world and the difference that I want to make? And all those things kind of led me to where I am now. So I know that's a quick overview of a very long story, but hopefully it covers the gist. When you were telling your story, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. And some people may be on that exact journey at this moment, whether Mm -hmm. it be going through a health issue or kind of recovering from that and realizing that there's so many other aspects than just having a diagnosis and recovering physically. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with our mental health as well. And I was wondering how you were kind of able to transition from putting so much of our worth into the way we look, because that's something that I've had struggled with and I'm currently trying to navigate is so much of our society tells us that we're worthy if we look a certain way or if we have a certain body type. And how are you able to kind of break out of that mold and redirect your focus on what God tells you is actually worthy and what God says is the truth about your value? Yeah, that's a great question because that's such a big part of it is a lot of times we think, well, once I look a certain way, I'll feel worthy or I'll feel happy. And I think the biggest thing for me was kind of shattering that illusion around for so long. I held on to this hope of, well, one day when I'm healthier and when I look a certain way, then I'll be happy and then I'll be, you know, I'll love myself. I'll feel that worth. And I was actually on a walk with my, he's now my husband, but we were just dating at the time. And he, he knew that I was really struggling with um, my body image and all these different things. And he just asked me a question of what would it take? Like, what do you think it would take Mm. for you to look the way that you want to look? And I started talking Mm. about, I was like, I have to do this and I'd have to do this. And he just asked me, do you think you would be happy living that kind of life? And it was this moment where all of a sudden I was like this thing that I have held on to for such a long time and really put a lot of value into, and this thing I thought would make me happy all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, would I even be happy if I got that? And I know it might seem silly to not even ask yourself that question, but again, when the world is telling us this is what it takes to be happy, and we see these people who are saying, I'm so happy, and it's in part because of the way that I look and the way that I feel, you know, we just start to believe that we don't really question it. And so for me, it was just taking a step back and asking myself, would I actually be happy if I got to that point? Or should I be seeking after something else? And that was what I think started to help me reframe my decisions and realize that, Danica, if you want to be happy and if you want to love yourself, it's not going to happen when you weigh a certain amount or it's not going to happen when you change this thing about your body. It has to start happening now. And so that really impacted the way that I started treating my body physically, but also like the things I would say to my body. I just started treating it so differently. Um, So that was a really pivotal mindset shift for me was reframing what it would actually mean to be happy. And then also creating a new path toward that. That was very different from the path that I had been on before. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times we don't even question what is going on, the actions that we're doing and what it actually takes to get to the place we think is going to give us that ultimate happiness. And I resonate with what you said so deeply, because that's something I tell myself all the time. 
once I look that way, once I get that, once I have that career, once I'm in medical school, or once I have that perfect body or that body fat percentage, then I'll be happy. But then when I start to question, that means obsessively counting something, constantly being focused about my appearance, maybe not prioritizing my friendships, being more self-centered, more self-focused, having these obsessive patterns that don't really produce good fruit in my life Mm -hmm. and kind of almost recognizing that it was a coping mechanism for me and also recognizing that it's okay that I had these old patterns because it made me feel comforted in some type of way and not being ashamed of having that desire. And that really allowed me to kind of forgive myself and say, this old pattern that I've had, it served me for a reason, but I want to shift my focus and my intention and the different coping mechanisms I have to something that is more life-giving and productive. Um, And I would love to ask if you have any specific actions that you took that really helped you kind of shift the old habits. Because I think when we tell ourselves we want to really start appreciating who we are exactly the way we are, but our um, actions don't really align with what we're telling ourselves. It can be very dissonancing in our brains. Yeah. When our actions don't align with our words. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you just said is such a key point because as humans, we're wired and created to crave purpose and to crave like goals and direction and to want all of that. And so I think we're channeling this very beautiful and healthy, natural desire into unhealthy goals or things that aren't actually going to bring us what we want. And so I love that you mentioned having this element of looking back on where you were with a lot of grace and understanding and forgiveness, because I do think that's the first step toward moving forward is being able to give yourself permission to choose differently and to think differently and not doing that from a place of guilt or shame, but from a place of, again, like grace and love for yourself of I chose that at a time because I didn't know better and I'm not going to hold a grudge against myself for that. I'm going to use that information to choose differently moving forward. Um, So I think for me, what really helped is like a first tangible action step. And this was just so the Lord, because the timing of it wasn't very intentional, but looking back now, it's like those two things just started happening at this perfect time, which for me was practicing yoga. And a big reason Mm -hmm. why that was so powerful for me was because exercise had been a space where I had no grace toward my body. There was no asking my body what it wanted. It was just like, you do what I tell you to do, pushing myself so hard to like do these crazy intense workouts. Now, of course, I can look back and know that that was probably contributing a lot to the health issues that I was having was the intensity that I was working out with. But when I started practicing yoga, it became a very different approach to movement. It was, okay, what does my body want today? What does my body need today? And how can I choose to honor that rather than saying, okay, body, this is what we're going to do because this is what people say will make you look the way that you want to look. Um, So that was a very key shift for me. And I think again, because exercise was the place that I treated myself the worst if I could heal that, then the other areas would become a little bit easier because if I could give myself some flexibility and some permission to choose what would make me feel good and what would make me feel happy, then I could start applying that to other areas of my life. So again, how I started, it wasn't like I had that awareness and then I said, oh, I'm okay, so I'll do yoga. I just Mm -hmm. also happened to start practicing yoga at the same time because 
my husband and I had just got married. We spent six months in South America. Um, and so the only, like I couldn't bring equipment, I couldn't go yeah. for a run. So I just had my yoga mat. So I just started doing yoga, but it really aligned with the time where I was kind of seeking to heal the way that I approached exercise. Um, and that's like the foundation of my platform now and what I do. And that's what launched me into business was just feeling how transformational, not just yoga, but Christian yoga and using that time to be with the Lord and to pray and to worship. Um, it changed my relationship with my body, but it completely changed my life. And so I just wanted to share it with other people. And that's like what, you know, just one thing led to another. And now three, four years after my certification later, um, is again, kind of like the core of my business and a lot of what I do. Wow. I, I resonate with so much of what you said, because that is very in line with what happened to me when last year I kind of took a step back. Um, when I deleted my social media and it was right after I graduated, I just happened to start doing yoga as well. And I felt the exact same way where I was not asking my body the kind of movement it needed. I was forcing myself to work in a way that I thought would get these X, X Mm -hmm. results. And for yoga, it wasn't about the results. It was more about almost being uncomfortable, being silent and feeling your body. Because when I do these hit workouts, I can almost block out the pain. And you, and that's what people tell you. They're like, ignore 100%. the pain. Push Just through, like, push yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. Like push through the pain. Like don't, it's almost like a numbness, right? Like you just yeah. go through the exercise and you just numb yourself to the pain. But for me, yoga, it was the yoga teachers that would say, actually press into the uncomfortability. Like you feel your legs shaking when you're doing that pose. Okay. That's good. I want you to feel that. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was life-changing in the sense where I began to press into how my body was actually feeling and not running away from pain and kind of going through it and realizing I can still have a choice of how I react. Um, throughout the pain or whatever I'm experiencing and that there is no good or bad emotion in a sense. And so yoga has been so healing for me too, and really being more in tune with my body and recognizing that some type of workouts were actually a form of abuse and it wasn't really aligned with how my body needed to move. And I actually also got my yoga certification because I just fell in love with it and I wanted to learn more about it. And it really has allowed me to be more connected with myself. And that has also allowed me to be more connected with God. So I think it's just beautiful how we can use yoga as something that allows us to connect more deeply with our faith. And that can be something that is a little bit controversial in this space, Mm -hmm. right? About, I know you mentioned that in some of your posts about some people saying you shouldn't practice yoga because you're Christian, but actually yoga allowed me to grow closer to God. Yeah, absolutely. That was exactly my experience. I mean, it's so true what they say about like your practice on the mat carries off the mat. And the way that I started opening myself up to feeling my body and listening to my body, I started allowing myself to do that in other areas of my life too. Like actually asking myself, what do I really want? And what feels good? Like, what do I want to eat? What do I want to do? What do I care about? And it just became this greater conversation of not trying to prescribe a lifestyle to my body, but actually, Mm -hmm. or or to just myself in general, but to actually really 
lean into the emotion, be okay with going into those uncomfortable spaces of why do I feel anxious? Why do I feel worried? And all these different things. And I think that's what really started to open me, open me up to connecting with the Lord in a different way was I had approached my relationship with God with that same kind of, well, you're supposed to, you know, pray this way and you're supposed Mm -hmm. to read your Bible and you're supposed to go to church and all these things that are again, beautiful tools to help us connect with him. But when we're not doing them in a way that's honest and authentic, they always seem to fall short. And so I grew up a Christian. My parents both work in ministry now. Like I was very surrounded by that. I Mm -hmm. could have told you, you know, all the like Sunday school Bible questions, but, um, and I would have said that I had a relationship with the Lord, but looking back again, now I can see that it was really shallow and very one way as in me speaking to him and not really learning to receive and to be quiet and to listen. Um, and so as I started doing that in my yoga practices, because there was this intentional space of stillness and of silence, just actually for the first time, taking time to listen and not just speak, I really started to notice a depth in my relationship with him. Um, that has just continued to grow. And again, that's part of why I just love Christian yoga so much and want people to understand that it's not something to be scared of. It's not this weird thing. And I think there's just so much misconception around yoga in general um, that particularly applies to Christian yoga. But what I always tell people is, as with most things in life, there are ways to do yoga that are not honoring to God, but there are also ways to do yoga that are honoring to God. And that's where I think people get it disconnected is they see people who practice yoga and use it as a tool to worship in other religions. And they assume that that is yoga, but one, it's not like historically, and I'm sure you've learned some of that in your certification. That's something that I learned in mine as well. Um, Mm -hmm. that yoga is outside of religion. It's kind of been adopted into these other religions. Um, But when you apply our Christian faith to it, and if you believe that God has ownership over everything and that God can redeem everything, the postures of yoga and the approach, the physical approach is so incredible for your body. It's incredible for stress relief and to help with anxiety and all of these things. And so why would there be this beautiful way to use our bodies to kind of heal ourselves And yet there's no space for God in that. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like he created our bodies. He knows about all these functions and all these ways that yoga can help. And so if we use it as a way to honor him and use it to invite him into that space, and again, to be worshipful and to pray and to read scripture, it's such a powerful tool. And so I think that's what I usually try to help people understand is not all yoga is equal. And if you go to some, you know, studios, whether they have other religions or it's secular, you won't probably feel that same level of connection with the Lord that you would practicing on your own or learning Mm -hmm. from a Christian yoga instructor. Um, And so once people have the opportunity to actually experience Christian yoga and see what that can be like, I think a lot of the fear uh, breaks down around that. One story that I love to tell about this is that I was helping lead a retreat and I was going to be teaching a couple Christian yoga classes throughout the weekend. And I had a lady approach me the first night, very respectfully, very kind, and just said, just so you know, I, I'm not going to take part in the yoga classes. I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't think it's something that like we should do as Christians. So I just wanted to let you know, like, I'll just kind of sit off to the side. I was like, I completely understand. Like, that's totally fine. I'm not offended at all. I wouldn't want you to do something that you're not comfortable with. And then two days later, she was literally at the front of the room in my next (laughs) class, like crying and singing and like all this stuff. And she came up to me and she was like, I was so closed off to this thing, but I saw her at, in that first class, like move from the wall 
to the back of the room and start doing some of the stretches like right at the end and then just move up and move up. And I don't want people to miss out on this thing that is so powerful and so life-changing because they've heard of it being approached one way when really there's a totally different approach to it. And so again, I've always said from the beginning, I'm not here to convince anyone that they should do Christian yoga. I'm just here to share my story. And if someone is interested to create a space to invite them into that, but I really do believe in it. And so it's something that I want to kind of change the narrative around so that people can see, no, this actually is a really powerful tool that could help change your life and change your relationship with God. Mm. Yeah. I, I actually took one of your yoga classes. You are offering yeah. a free yoga class with everything that is going around in the world and just how we can be very present and send a lot of grace and love towards um, everything that is going on. Um, and when I was taking your class, the very first thing was you set an intention for the practice and you allowed us to kind of come into the space and set our focus on coming to God and just really surrendering to him and really dedicating this practice for him. And I think it's so interesting how yoga is simply a way to move your body, right? And it can just be another form of exercise. And the purpose of yoga is actually for meditation and the silence and stillness of the mind. And that can be so applicable to meditation. Some people may say that meditation is not a godly thing or Christians shouldn't meditate, but I think meditation is also so powerful and it can also be used to kind of silence our thoughts and refocus on, um, on God and something higher than ourselves. And so, yeah, when I was taking your yoga, yoga class, I thought it was a really beautiful way to kind of dedicate your body and your practice. And even when you're in the down dog or when you're in child's pose, which is when you bend your knees and kind of put your hands out and you really just bow down almost, it's, it's like a form of surrender. Right. And so I love what you said about how the poses really allow us to kind of worship and kind of celebrate God and have a posture of just really being more still and being present with ourselves and with God too. Absolutely. I mean, thank you so much for saying that. And I'm so glad that you enjoyed the class. Um, But yeah, that's like the distinction that a lot of people I think are missing is you just set this intention at the beginning, inviting God into that space and then using your practice as an opportunity to worship. I believe that caring for our bodies is a form of worship, obviously literal worship in the form of prayer and reading scripture and things like that. But yoga just is this holistic practice that's so much more than other forms of exercise and that really does lead to meditation which yes is biblical like there are multiple scriptures that say to meditate on the lord's word and that's another distinction i try to make to people is you know the common assumption about meditation is that we silence our minds and just let everything go and i always say like quiet your mind let go of distractions so that you can create space to hear from the lord because i think what a lot of christians are craving is guidance and direction from the lord but we're mm-hmm. so distracted and the world oh, is yeah. so noisy and if you don't fight for that time of stillness and of quiet it's going to be hard to hear from god and i think that again i wasn't really raised in churches that taught about that receiving from the Lord. It was like, pray and read your Bible. Maybe God will just like speak to you throughout the day randomly, but Mm -hmm. really learning that we have to be intentional about creating that time to listen because God is speaking. We just have to make time to listen. And I think a lot of us are not doing that. And yoga for me is just a daily way to make sure I'm creating time to do that while also caring for my body. Yeah. Well, kind of transitioning into caring for your body. Mm -hmm. I think another misconception is that as Christians, we 
obviously our purpose is not for ourselves. It's for serving other people and loving God. But I think there's this fine line of self-denial and kind of not taking care of ourselves for the sake of others. But Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to take care of our earthly bodies and our earthly minds because it, it is a house for our soul, which is eternal. So I wanted to ask you on your perspective of the importance of taking care of your earthly body and how that connects with your purpose in life. Yeah. Yeah, I love that question so much because I feel like that is the distinction that of like the way that I approach exercise, not only in my own life, but through my business too, is I always say we're doing this. You want to be healthier so that you can make an impact. It's not just to get like an A plus, like, good job. You are healthy. It's about what it enables us to do. And when we're physically healthy, we're just able to do so much more um, than we are when we're unhealthy in a very literal sense of like, if you're really unhealthy and you can't walk up the stairs, It's going to be hard to go to the places that God will call you to. It's going to be hard to do the things that maybe he's asking you to do. And I think what maybe people experience more commonly is kind of this mental or like an insecurity um, and lack of confidence because we're unhealthy or because we don't love our bodies. And that I find really inhibits people a lot more from living out God's purpose than even our physical body does. And that's definitely how I felt when I was really unhealthy and when I was uncomfortable with my body and when I was at a higher weight and all of that, I didn't want to get up in front of a room of people to speak. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to have my picture taken. I didn't want to go meet new people. I didn't want to be in unfamiliar environments. So my world was really small and it was really selfish because I was just focused on prioritizing my own comfort, which again, I was in a really fragile state. And so I needed a little bit of that. I needed to be able to keep myself safe. But at the same time, if I was still that person, I would not be doing any of the things that I'm doing today. Like now I lead retreats and I literally film yeah. myself working out and post it on the internet for people to watch when, you know, five, six years ago, I didn't even want someone to take a picture of me. And it just shows the beauty of how God is able to redeem the things that hurt us the most and use them to help others the most. Um, And that's definitely been my story. But I think for a lot of people, they're so held back by their insecurity. And again, that's, I don't say that to shame them or to make them feel bad, but I just wish I had realized that. And I had been able to start fighting sooner to live out what God was calling me to and not keep myself in this small bubble. And so for me, a lot of that came through through healing my body physically. And then again, those mindset shifts that took place over time. But I think that's why I, you know, health is the area that again was hardest for me. So I feel like it's the area that I can speak into most for other people. And that's why my platform is really focused on helping people figure out how to become healthier so that they can break down those insecurities and that all those barriers that are keeping them from doing what they want to do. And then with my retreats and my coaching, it's like, okay, once we've figured out some of that health stuff, Mm -hmm. if we're ready to start walking in this purpose with our newfound confidence and trust in the Lord, what do we do then? So it's really this kind of whole, you know, cyclical experience of becoming healthy and then really figuring out how to walk in that and make an impact in whatever it is that the Lord is calling you to. Mm. So first setting the foundation before you can be called to your purpose or whatever, whatever that may be. Um, And as you were talking, I just kind of wanted to clarify your definition of health, because I think that can be so different for so many people because there's things that we could be doing that on the outside look healthy, but are not healthy for our mind or our soul. 
Definitely. I think there's two layers to it. And one of those layers is more of the traditional sense of health, which is like not having underlying health issues, whether that's like in your gut or if there's other chronic conditions that you're dealing with, um, finding ways to alleviate stress and anxiety, any sort of mental health struggles that might be happening, which oftentimes can be very connected to our physical health as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there's kind of those things that like a doctor would classify as being healthy, but then there's this different element of it. And that's where I think a lot of people lose the secondary part, which is, are you happy? Do you have good relationships? Do you enjoy your life? Do you love yourself? Do you feel good about the way that you're living your life? Because again, when I started doing this comparison of, okay, in order to look the way I want to look in order to quote unquote, be healthy, I'm not going to actually be healthy because that lifestyle, like you said, is very obsessive. It's very numbers based. It's not intuitive. It's not honest. And so I might've been healthy by that first layer, which is like what doctors would have said, but I would be missing out on what I think is not really health, but is like abundant life. Like what the Bible talks about of this abundant life. I think we can be healthy, but not living in that abundant life. And to me, that really just comes down to looking at my life in all different areas and asking myself, does, do I feel like I'm in integrity in what I'm doing? Do I feel joyful around what I'm doing? Do I have peace around what I'm doing? Is it helping others? Is it making a positive impact in the world? Because I think I can be the healthiest person in the world and eat all the right things and exercise yeah. all the time. But if those things aren't there, again, we're missing out on purpose. We're continuing to chase after this thing that is fleeting, that isn't going to satisfy us because we're choosing to prioritize that over this abundant life, this true, I think, you know, calling that the Lord is, has created us for, which is to feel good, to feel peace, to feel joy, to make a difference, to spend time with him, to spend time in relationship with others. And so that's how I would define health. And I know that's a very broad and big definition, but I think that health has been narrowed into a very small box and it's not, it's something that requires a lot of consideration and has a lot of different factors that oftentimes people aren't paying attention to. Yeah, I completely agree. On the outside, when doctors would say I'm the healthiest, eating the healthiest, doing whatever, mm -hmm. doing these workouts that are good for my heart, whatever it may be, on the inside, I was miserable. Yep. And funny enough, the healthiest that I was, was actually when I wasn't serving people the most. And when I was draining for my family, for people around me. And when it started shifting towards less about what I just looked like physically and less about how it would serve me and more about how can health be a way for me to be the best version of myself so I can serve other people and really be a light in this world. That's when all the other things started to become more natural and joyful. Like I started to eat joyfully because I knew that it was going to serve and nourish my body so that I could help other people and live this abundant life that you talked about. Yeah. I think it really does have to start internally in a way that still can feel a little bit selfish, but it's like, if you're not making those decisions to care for yourself, then you're not going to be able to go out and serve people. But then we can carry that too far where we won't yeah. allow ourselves to serve people until we feel like we're perfect or we have it right. So it's, it is difficult to find that balance of making time to care for yourself, but mm -hmm. not doing it only for yourself caring yeah. for yourself in order to go out and serve others through what you do. And that's something that I definitely try to run through as like a filter around my decisions. Like, who am I making this decision for? Because yes, I want to feel good about it. I want it to bring me joy. But at the end of the day, if it stops there, it's not actually going to be fulfilling. It has to be something that has a greater purpose. There's a phrase that is like very, very simple, but it's been popping up for me a lot lately. And it's just, it's not about you. 
Again, that's not like anything crazy. I'm sure we've all heard it, but it's been really powerful for me recently. What were you going to say? I think it's crazy that you said that because I'm reading The Purpose Driven Life by Mm -hmm. Pastor Rick Warren. And that's the thing that really stuck out to me is one of the chapters, our life purpose. It's, it's not about me. And when I heard that, it really shook me to my core because everything in our culture, everything in our society tells you that your life is for your own desires, your own pleasure, your own comfort. But at the end of the day, our purpose is not to be comfortable and it's not about us. Mm -hmm. And that's when health can kind of start to get in that gray area where it becomes about us. Right. But for me, it's really reshifting my focus of how can my health and wellness not be about me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just like what you said, that phrase has been hitting for me so much, um, toward the, I don't know when this podcast will go live, but toward the beginning of this year of 2022, I was finding myself in a really low period in regard to my business. And I think a lot of that came from, you know, a few years ago, I felt like I got this really clear vision of where I wanted God to take my business or where he wanted me to take my business. And like, it it was just like, oh, okay. Like these are the things that he's calling me to focus on. It finally makes sense after a lot of time of trying different things. Like, okay, I finally see where I'm headed. And the beginning of this year, I kind of, those things were being realized. A lot of these things that I had felt called to had been working toward, they were happening. And what I was experiencing was like more stress, more just unhappiness. And a lot of like going throughout my day, just like, what am I doing here? And what I realized was I had gotten to the point where I was starting to do it for myself and wanting that like dream entrepreneur life of like, Oh, I can work from home and travel and wear whatever I want and make my own hours and all of these things. And I'd held that up on a pedestal thinking that's like my dream life. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. And it was, again, it was happening. Like I was living in this life that a few years ago, I would have written down and been like, that's the dream. And I realized Mm -hmm. the reason that I wasn't happy was because I was making it all about me. And it was like, yes, I do love so much about my life and my business is going well and it's wonderful. But when we keep it focused on us, we will never find fulfillment. And so it was like, I had these things I wanted, but I was being so selfish. And so I think hearing this phrase of it's not about you and just being woken up to that and really reminding myself, like what I'm doing with my business is because this has changed my life and I want it to change other people's lives. So when it's hard and when I feel discouraged, whether things are going well or not going well, it's kind of irrelevant because if I still feel that this is a space the Lord is calling me to, then I have to be obedient in that. And so now I'm really navigating how to keep that focus on the people that I'm serving and how to make sure that I'm not letting my own fear or discouragement keep me from showing up for them. But at the same time, really balancing, okay, what do I need to do to care for myself so that I can not feel so discouraged that I cannot carry all this stress that I'm inviting into my life. And so that's something I've been focusing on a lot lately is more time with the Lord, getting back into a consistent routine of going to therapy so that I can be the healthiest version of myself so that I don't quit my business so that I don't give up on all the people that the Lord has given me this platform to serve. And so again, I had to learn those things through health. And now I'm executing them in a very different way, but in my business as well. And so it's so important. I think if health is like a barrier, which I believe it is for a lot of people, it's an opportunity to navigate that, learn how to handle that situation. Cause guess what? You'll probably have to do that same thing in different times. And that's really something that I've been having to do now in a very different area. And I'm just trusting like, okay, Lord, what I'm learning through this, you're going to use to help me help other people um, in the future. But it's that same thing. Have to care for myself. Sorry. 
<clears throat> have to care for myself and care for other people um, and figure out how to do those things in tandem. Yeah, I think what you you kind of struggled with this year is very applicable to a lot of health and wellness people because as much as we're you're helping us with our health, you're kind of the brand, right? You're mm-hmm. you yourself are the brand. And I think that's what's so difficult is when you're coming into the space where who you are in your life is what people want. It's very easy to start focusing on how it makes you feel and the following you get, or if you don't get that crazy following after years and years of really investing in your company or your business or your platform, it can feel really discouraging. And I definitely feel that way when I even just started, you know, my social media account on this podcast of that, is this really helping people? Mm-hmm. And is this really making a difference? But when I ask that, I have to start going even deeper of, it doesn't even matter if this is for people. I'm feeling insecure because I feel like I'm not getting the approval or the like that I want. Right. Yeah. And when I refocus about the reason I started this and the reason I'm doing this in the first place, that's when I get more humble and I refocus on what my true intention with everything that I'm doing is about. Yeah, definitely. And that's one of the things that I have loved so much about the membership that I launched. It's been about a year now since I launched and it's given me the opportunity to connect with people on a much deeper level and to see the impact that it's making, which yes, in some ways is selfish, but at the same time, it's like this reminder of Mm -hmm. the work that you're doing matters. Like God is using your story. Um, And so that's something that I'm trying to tell myself is like, even if sometimes I'm feeling that frustration because it's not growing at the rate I want it to, or I'm not having the results that I want. The reason that I set out to do this and the reason that God called me to do it, that is being fulfilled. It's only my own selfishness and my own like, you know, desire for things that are outside of the Lord. That's not being fulfilled, but guess what? It's not supposed to be. And that's still hard to kind of reconcile, but it's calling me into just a deeper season of trust in the Lord and knowing like, um, I had a friend who was doing a teaching actually in our membership last year, and she was talking about how the verse that says like, the Lord does not withhold good things from his children. So she was saying, if something is being withheld from you, it is for your own good and for your own protection or for your own growth. And so that has been like a narrative that I'm just speaking over myself constantly. And so I feel like to anybody, whether it's in business or a different area of life, if you're not getting the results that you want, Mm. the Lord does not withhold good things from his children. He's not withholding them from you. That means that there is a deeper purpose or thing that you need to be walking through first when maybe those results will come or something better will come, but coming back to like, what is the actual mission of what you've been called to do? And look at that. Is that being fulfilled? Is anybody being impacted? Because if even one person is being impacted, then the Lord is moving and you just have to let go of your own results that, you know, it's so easy to put our own results on this or our own desires kind of on this Mm -hmm. pedestal and miss all of the people that God is using us to impact. And I think part of it too, in the beauty of like, God is the mystery of not knowing how many people will impact. You know, I try to remind myself, like, if I can help a mom, I've just helped a generation of daughters because that was something that, you know, for me, like I have the most wonderful mom, but she had some struggles with her relationship with food and exercise that I think kind of came to a point of being a little bit more restrictive and that carried on to me. And again, the Lord redeemed that, but I would hope that I can now be helping other women 
heal their relationships so that their daughters can be healthier. I'm probably never going to meet their daughters. Maybe it's, they're never even going to know my name or do any of my yoga practices, but if their mom is able to love herself differently because of what she's experienced, then it's helping more and more people. And that's just for me, a very tangible example of something that I think all of us are experiencing. Like you have no idea who's going to listen to your podcast and then say one line of it to someone else and not even mention that it came from you, but that's going to impact that person so deeply. And I think the Lord does that to keep us humble, because if we could see the full extent of the impact that we're having, it would be so hard to remain in that space of humility, but it's being able to trust that he's doing the work, but not being able to put the credit onto ourselves. I think that keeps us moving forward. It's like enough encouragement to move forward, but not so much that we like get this big head and run off on our own. It keeps us also dependent on him to guide us. Yeah. And just everything you were saying reminded me, it's not about me. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not about us. That's not the purpose in our life is not to feel this validation all the time and to see how, you know, great we are, but it's like you said, the small impact that that you're making could be a generational impact that you don't even know. And we're not going to know until we're in heaven and we're in Mm -hmm. eternity and we have an eternity mindset. And so Yeah, I think that's just a beautiful reminder and such a good encouragement. I know so many people are going to be encouraged by what you said. And something that really resonated with me and something that's been coming up as you've been talking is these wonderful people in your life, your husband, these friendships that you've made through your platform and your business. How were you able to get these incredible people to constantly encourage you when you didn't believe in yourself? Because these these stories that you've been sharing it wasn't just a revelation that came from you necessarily. Mm-hmm. It was these people that were encouraging, like encouraging you, like your husband saying, what would it take for you to get that unattainable yeah. body and your friend to say, you know, this keep going, like you've got this. Yeah. So how were you able to find those people in your life and really lean on them? Because in this day and age of digital media and isolation and the pandemic and everything going on, it's really hard to feel connected, especially with the platform that we're on with the health and wellness industry. And so I just want to ask, like, how are you able to keep those deep and intimate connections with people that are striving towards God and keeping you reminded of what really matters in life? Yeah, absolutely. I think everything you said is so true. It's, it's so challenging to find like real deep relationships. And one thing I've struggled with so much is that, you know, I see the beauty and the value of social media and the ways that it's connected me to so many people, but I also see the ways that it's a limitation to creating like true deep and lasting friendships. So kind of an interesting thing about my story is that um, a week after I graduated high school, I moved to New York. That's when I was training and working as a dancer. And then for about seven years after that, I moved like every couple of months. And so I didn't really have the opportunity to be in one space and really go deep with the people that I was living in the same physical location as. So a lot of my friendships have come out of Instagram whether it's people who followed me and then came to one of my retreats or just someone who, you know, you just start commenting back and forth on each other's posts. And then eventually you're talking a little bit more, but I think what really had to happen, like when I look at all of my closest relationships that are, that have come from Instagram. And again, I don't necessarily think Instagram's like the best way to make friends, but for me, it was kind of a necessity because of travel. Um, But I do think it's also an opportunity for a lot of people, but you have to be intentional about it. And when you find someone that you're having, like, you really believe it with what they're or agree with what they're saying and believe in what they believe in. You can see those really core similarities, not being afraid to 
initiate that into a deeper conversation um, and really like pursuing it as a relationship and not just like this casual person that you talk to. I actually, tomorrow I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine who I met through Instagram. We followed each other on Instagram for like a year. And then I don't even know how we like had the first time that we talked, but I remember the first time we FaceTimed, it was like two hours. And pretty much every time we talk, like I know tomorrow I'm blocking out like two hours in my schedule to talk to her. And she actually came to one of the retreats that I led last summer and we got to meet in person, which was really fun. But today I was having kind of a low moment and I texted her about something totally unrelated. And she just spoke back to me with so much encouragement. And it just like really was exactly what I needed to kind of be refueled and all of that. So I think when we find people who are passionate about what we are passionate, about and just choose to pursue a friendship with them and not be afraid for it to be weird. And like, yeah. maybe you talk to someone on the phone, it's like 10 minutes and it's super uncomfortable. And you're like, okay, never mind. Like, yeah, it's not it happens sometimes too. Like I've definitely had people where I'm like, oh, I thought we were going to be friends, but like this ain't it. But I've also had like, that's how, you know, Monica and I met was she saw like one of my posts about my retreat, followed me on Instagram. We started talking and now she's like such a dear friend of mine. And so I really think that, you know, I've utilized what was in front of me, which was Instagram to connect with people um, in that way. And just initiating, like, let's actually talk and have a deeper conversation. Maybe let's have a call. Maybe let's hang out in person. Um, So not being afraid to do that. And then I feel like I'm actually starting to learn how to navigate that more locally now that we are settled in one place. And so I'm starting to figure out, okay, how do I kind of do that same thing, but now to create some more friendships in person of people I can be with more often. So friendships are a tricky thing, whether you're traveling, stationary, any of it, no matter what age you are, I think it can be really hard to make good friends. But I feel like finding people who have similar interests as you and just not being afraid to initiate and not being afraid for it to not work out again, you know, not every single person has to end up becoming your best friend, but you'll find like three or four really key people who will become a deep source of encouragement for you. And some people might need more, but for me, that's really all I need. Like I have a core group of people who I know I can go to with anything and they are the reason that my business exists. Like I say that all the time in my messaging on my website, like a lot of things like it's, it's so because of these other people that have kept me encouraged and kept me supported um, along the way. Otherwise, I absolutely would have given up. So if you're in business, that's a big thing I would say too, is like, do not do it alone. Find someone mm-hmm. who will just like blindly encourage you. There's space for people to be, you know, offer their advice and to give criticism, but yeah. also you need the person. This is like my <laughs> friend from this morning who she's just like, you are making an impact. Keep going, whatever, whatever you're trying to figure out, you'll figure it out. Don't give up, keep going, keep going. So I think you need some of those just like full blown, cheerleaders who aren't going to, you know, you need, again, the coaches and the criticism, but you also just need a cheerleader. So find your people. It's worth it. Yeah. I think that's amazing how you found one of your closest friends through Instagram. And I think that was the sole purpose of Instagram in the beginning is to connect us with other people. And for you, you're able to make those meaningful connections by taking the next step and not having this expectation or fear of, oh, what if this is weird, if this is awkward or whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. really taking it a step further and saying, let's have an actual conversation offline where it's not so filtered and let's really get to know each other. And that's when the connection grew and reaching out to people who really encourage and inspire you and have the same mindset and the same connection And that really encouraged me because there's so many people that I'm starting to get connected with as I'm doing this health Mm -hmm. and wellness online. And it's so encouraging to see so many other people having the same mindset and knowing that you're not alone. Because I think at the beginning, we have this revelation with our story of our healing process and 
when we're in a dark place and when something has really changed our life, we almost think this is brand new and this is original. And we think, oh my gosh, like this is going to change the world. Mm -hmm. I'm so original. My story is going to change the entire world. And then you go out and realize, oh wait, everyone else has also kind of experienced that. And it's both humbling and also encouraging to know that you're not alone in your struggles and in your stories and what you're going through is probably being experienced by so many other people. And it wasn't until you started sharing your story and being more vulnerable and honest about it and really encouraging other people to be um, honest about their experiences. And that's when true connections started to happen. Yeah. My husband has this funny thing that he says that I absolutely love. And maybe, maybe you can relate to this, but he has this theory that if you're like in a group of people that you want to get to know better, if you tell a story about a time that like either you pooped your pants or someone that, you know, like pooped their pants, (laughs) he says like poop stories are universal, that there's never been a time where like you tell a story and other people are like, ew, like, it's always this thing that you all laugh about and guarantee like someone has either experienced it or they know someone else who has experienced it. And it's just like this immediate connector, like something to really laugh. And we just always joke about that because like anytime that that has come up in conversation, (laughs) it just leads to this like hilarious, but also very connecting experience of just like this shared humility. But I think that's like a very aggressive and extremely embarrassing example (laughs) of like just vulnerability in general. And when Mm -hmm. we choose to like share our poop stories, we find other people who also have experienced that. And that's where like true connection and true friendship comes from. There's this surface level of like, yeah, we're we're interested in the same things. We kind of, maybe we like the same music or we wear the same style of clothes or whatever it is. But when you find people who really connect to your vulnerability, I think that's where true friendship is born out of. And social media can feel like an awkward place to share that. And I am not a very, um, I always joke that like, I should be the last person on earth to have a social platform because I'm very (laughs) private and I'm like pretty shy and I Mm -hmm. don't really like to be vulnerable, even with the people that I'm closest to. Yeah. So being vulnerable on social media has always been a really difficult thing for me to navigate. But in like the little moments where I choose to let myself do that, it's like more responses, more conversation, yes. like more yeah. just a connection that always comes out of it. Um, and so I think some of those people, when I look back at like the deepest friendships in my life and even my relationship with my husband, like we connected so quickly in the beginning because we were in an environment where we were just like kind of forced to be really honest and vulnerable with each other. We were co-directing a summer camp program where we were spending like weeks at a time traveling, just the two of us with a bunch of high school students. And so we like had to work together and we had to be really honest and be like, Hey, I'm struggling. I need help. Or like, this doesn't make sense. Explain it to me. There's just no room for like pretension. And so we, um, had to figure that out, but it's, it set the whole platform for our relationship. And when I think of these people that I've connected with on Instagram, oftentimes there was some really key, you know, vulnerable vulnerability or like Thing that I would normally want to hide, but they were like, Hey, me too. And then mm-hmm. that just really led to a space of connection. Like, I feel like even in our conversation, you know, the times where you're like, Oh, I get you. And I hear you say something. I'm like, yes, I get you. Like yeah. that leads to support and it leads to encouragement because it's someone who believes in the power of what you're trying to do and wants to champion mm-hmm. you bringing that out into the world. So being willing to be vulnerable, I think is also really key in finding those types of friendships. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's just a beautiful way to wrap up you know, this conversation about just really being vulnerable and honest with your story and how that can inspire so many other people and really starting with yourself and really taking care of your body and asking your body what it needs instead of 
forcing yourself to act a certain way and really connecting with yourself and with God can bring so much joy and fulfillment and abundance. And I'm just so encouraged by you and your story and how you're just boldly sharing your light and allowing people to feel that warmth and love. Um, And so thank you so much for being on this episode. I really appreciate your presence. And I know so many people are going to be inspired by your platform and I will link all the information in the show notes for people to come follow you and to get interested in coaching and your platform as well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You're so sweet. And this was so fun to get to talk and connect with you and hear a little bit more about your story as well. So I really appreciate it. I hope my conversation with Denica inspired you to take better care of your health so that you can go out into the world and serve others from a place of overflow and abundance. I also believe that no one should go through anything alone. Denica and I truly want to help you along your health journey, and we believe that the best way to grow is in community. So if you're interested in trying out Denica's platform, Stand Unshaken, you can get your first month for free. The membership includes access to 150 Christian yoga videos, biblical meditations, devotionals, and weekly workouts. In order to get your first month for free, there are three things you have to do. First, leave a review on this podcast. Second, follow me on Instagram at healthwithjisoo and tag a friend in the comments. Third, use the code head to toe when you sign up on standunshaken.com slash membership. All of this information will be included in the show notes below. So make sure to check out this amazing gift that will only be available for a limited time. Please share this episode with your friends or family members you think would really resonate with this message. And also for those of you that aren't following me, please connect with me on Instagram. I share a bunch of recipes, personal care products, and other health and wellness tips on my stories. And I also love sharing encouragements throughout the week. Your support truly means the world to me, and I'm so grateful for every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time.